Well, since we've been meeting outside for our morning worship in the last few weeks, I've taken an interest in that beautiful and wonderful tree that offers us so much shade, that tree that we've been uh, sitting under and having our worship underneath. And so I contacted Dan Allen, who I felt would be able to give me the backstory on it to find out more. Well, the tree, as Dan has said, is not as old as it looks. It's about 40 years old. But even more importantly, found out that it was planted by um, Dan Allen and Barbara Bell's brother, Jonathan, in memory of their father, Jim Allen, who died and passed away in 1986. And Jonathan himself passed away unexpectedly a few years ago. So in many ways, it carries both the memories of Jim and Jonathan. And to make further connections, uh, Jim was Florence Allen's husband, and of course, Jonathan Allen was Florence Allen's son. So this tree has deep meaning for uh, that family, it has deep meaning for Deep River Roots. And I was drawn to it to find out more because I felt like it was just simply speaking some important lessons to me, important lessons to us. And so as I've reflected on this tree, I've tried to listen to what it could teach me. And so I want to share some of what I've heard uh, just by reflecting on this tree. Uh, the philosopher Herm, uh, Herman Hess wrote these words, quote, Trees do not preach learning and precepts. They preach undeterred by particulars, the ancient law of life. So maybe there's some laws of life uh, that we can learn from this tree and what it's taught me. So here's what I'd like to share with you. First, this tree has taught me that where you are first planted may not be where you end up. But as we trust God, we may end up being used for a larger purpose we never anticipated. So this tree came from Mary Evelyn Clodfelter's property, which is now Bob and Mary Ann Cherry's property off of Penny Road, just right down the street. This is where the tree started, but that is not where it ended up. In fact, it was Barbara Bell that shared with me the story uh, a few days ago, how when Jonathan uh, took the tree from um, the property in Penny Road up to here, and he just sort of dragged it around, um, the root ball was so big until he found a spot that he thought was good and probably got tired of dragging it around. And it happens to be right outside the meeting house and it happens to be right where we are sitting uh, for our worship on Sunday morning when we meet outdoors. Again, this tree taught me that where you are first planted may not be where you ended up. But as we trust God, we may end up being used for a larger purpose we never anticipated. Who knows what trees think? Maybe it thought it would spend the rest of its life there on Penny Road, doing what trees do, changing colors, providing a home for birds and squirrels, providing shade, and then one day it gets moved from Penny Road to the spot right beside the meeting house. But 40 years later, here it is, providing shade for a community of worshipers willing to sit outside in all of the southern July humidity so they can be with one another and worship as they feel led. It's found its purpose in providing shade during a time in which we desperately need shade and we desperately needed a place to worship outside. So this tree teaches me that where I start, where you start, may not be where we end up, but maybe wherever we end up or wherever we are, God has a purpose for us. God has a plan for us in that moment and in that space. And maybe there's something in that space and moment that we can offer our presence and offer our gifts and offer whatever God chooses to give through us to whoever God has called us. That's the first thing this tree has taught me. The second thing this tree has taught me 
is that there really is a lot of truth to that statement, bloom where you're planted, or if I could paraphrase that statement with one of my favorite words, flourish where you're planted. Now this tree could have been anywhere else, and at one time it was somewhere else. But here it is in this place, and it is flourishing in the place in which it is planted. It's a growing tree, it's, its branches are spread out, it, 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 it rises up to the sky, and I, I think the, some, the temptation for some of us, if not all of us, is to preface our own flourishing with statements like this. When I finally get this position, when I finally work at this place, when I finally live in this town or state or place, when, I, when all of this is finally over, when I finally get to this certain age and have this certain skill set. Much of life gets put on hold because we simply put the word when in front of it. We wait until that absolute perfect moment or we try to end up being something or someone that we're not. And we say, when this has happened. And maybe right now we're saying things like, when this pandemic is over, then I will start working on that, or I'll start growing in that, or I'll start learning this, or I'll start taking part in this. And so everything gets put on because of that word, when. You know, there's a passage in Ecclesiastes, chapter 11, verse 4, that reads this way. If you wait for perfect conditions, you'll never get anything done. Boy, I've, I've done that a lot in my life. I have waited for just the perfect conditions, to get things just right, for everything just to line up. And what I find out is I just keep waiting and waiting and waiting, and I'm never getting anything done. I'm never planting myself. I'm never rooting myself in some place that's solid. I'm never discovering where I can begin to flourish and thrive in that spot and in that place. So this tree has taught me Bloom where you're planted. Flourish where you're planted. Don't keep waiting for perfect conditions. What is God calling you to be about now? Where is God calling you to learn? How is God calling you to grow? How often are we using the word when and just putting on hold life? The Quaker Richard Foster used to say, God can only bless you where you are, so where you are, there you are. God can only bless us where we are. So be who you are, wherever you are. And in that place, God will use you for a purpose that you may not have anticipated or foreseen. A third thing this tree has taught me is that our lives can and do leave a legacy. And a very significant question around that is, what do I want to leave that will live on past me and add to this world? One of my favorite lines or quotes, which has been paraphrased in many ways, goes like this, quote, you know you have discovered the meaning of life when you're willing to plant trees under which you know you will not sit. Jonathan planted this tree back in 1986, and I'm sure there were times in which he was able to be under its shade. But our need for shade, our need for a tree at this juncture in our life as a faith community is very intentional and necessary. And when I was scoping out the best places to have our outdoor worship and we began considering it, I looked all over. I tried to find the right place at the right time of day that had the right amount of shade and, and, and enough shade so that we wouldn't be bothered by the hot sun. And this spot seemed to be the best spot due to, due to the wideness, but in particular because of the shade. And now Jonathan didn't know when he planted that tree that he would eventually be providing a place for some wandering Quakers to be able to locate and worship under some shade, but here we are. We're, we're, we're benefiting from the gift, from his legacy, from his willingness to plant something 
and put something in the ground 40 years ago. When we're back in the area of Indiana that I first pastored, Farmland, Indiana, I always like to drive by and check on a tree we planted there about 35 years ago. Wherever we've lived, we've tried to plant a tree because it's just my way of reminding myself that wherever we go, we can plant seeds. Wherever we go, we can plant goodness. We can sow seeds of goodness. We can sow seeds of peace. We can sow a positive legacy for life that will outlive us all. The meaning of life is, as the quote says, discovering when you're willing to plant trees under which you know you will not sit. So wherever you and I live and exist, let's try to leave a legacy. Let's try to leave some goodness, something that will outlast each one of us, even if it's as simple as how we've treated each other in our lives. And this tree is teaching me and reminding me that each of us has a story. And that story is the gift we bring to this world. Now, I'm sure a lot of the trees around here have a story, and I would love to know all the stories of a lot of these trees. We know the story of this tree, and so we'll probably never look at this tree in the same way. I know I won't. We know it in a more intimate way than we ever knew it before. We know its background. We know how it came to be. We know why it came to be, and that's a very important part of the life of this tree. And this is what happens when we take the time to listen and get to know each other's story. When we're no longer just trees out of a yard doing tree thing, we have stories, we have backstories, and these stories tell the shape and the contour of our lives. And the tree reminds me that there's so much to folks I don't know. I may make assumptions about them, like I made assumptions about this tree, I made assumptions about its age, where it came from, and how it got here, and none of those assumptions were right. None of those assumptions were correct. I didn't know who this tree was until I heard the story of this tree. So get to know each other's story. Listen for how they got to where they are and what shaped their lives. Listen to people's story. Listen to their backstory, who they are, where they've come from, their pain and their brokenness. Listen for the good stuff and the hard stuff. Pay attention to the stuff that broke them as well as the stuff that became part of their redemption. Listen to what brings their heart joy. Listen to their dreams and aspirations for their life. We make so many assumptions about people because we never hear and listen to their story. And finally, this tree is teaching me that in order to thrive and flourish, we all need to be rooted in some way. We need to be grounded in some way. Again, I'll read Paul's words from Colossians 1.23. Remain well-established and rooted in faith and do not shift away from the hope given in the good news that you've heard. And then Paul continues in chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So live in Christ Jesus the Lord in the same way you received him. Be rooted and built up in him. Be established in faith and overflow with thanksgiving just as you were taught. And then in his letter to the Ephesians, Paul wrote these words. I ask that Christ will live in your hearts through faith. As a result of having strong roots in love. I ask that you'll have the power to grasp love's width and length, height and depth together with all believers. You know what I think this tree teaches me mostly is that you and I, like this tree, can thrive and flourish best when we adapt to the seasons of our life. Seasons of dormancy, seasons of letting go, seasons of thriving, seasons of flourishing, even seasons of drought that we can adapt to these different seasons of our life when our roots go down deep, when we are well established. 
and we can become, as Isaiah says, those oaks of righteousness. I found out this tree is a red oak. Well, we can be these oaks of righteousness, these oaks of, of helping to make things right in our world in putting things to right because we are established and rooted in faith. We are established and rooted in trust and we are flourishing and thriving in the place that God has planted us. In his autobiography, the late Howard Thurman writes about his favorite oak tree as a kid and this is what he has to say. I felt rooted in life, in nature, in existence. And when the storms blew, the branches of the large oak tree in our backyard would snap and fall. But the topmost branches of the oak tree would sway, giving way, just enough to save themselves from snapping loose. I needed the strength of that tree, and like it, I wanted to hold my ground. Eventually, I discovered that the oak tree and I had a unique relationship. I could sit my back against the trunk and feel the same peace that would come to me in my bed. I could reach down to the quiet places of my soul, take out my bruises and my joys, unfold them, and talk about them. I could talk aloud to the oak tree and knew that I was understood. Well, maybe we can talk aloud to this beautiful oak tree and know that we're understood, but maybe more than that, we can reach down into the quiet places of our soul when we meet under that tree on Sunday morning or whenever we meet, when we gather around it for fellowship, when we're just near it, we can reach down, as Howard Thurman says, to the quiet places of our soul, take out our bruises and our joys, unfold them, and talk about them. And know that this tree reminds us that we have a very sacred space. And this tree is a part of our story. It has a story. We all have a story. And God has planted us in a very particular and unique place and invites us to flourish where we've been planted.